eyes peeled, everyone. It's time for the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Welcome to another fun-filled edition of the Full 10 Yards College podcast. Today, I'm joined by Maxwell, and we're going to have a look towards the future, uh, look towards the playoffs, which they're kind of appearing very, very faintly on the horizon. And we're going to look at those and look at the final four. And this episode, we're going to call Playoff Contenders and Pretenders, and we're going to suss out who's, who's fallen into each category. Maxwell, I'll bring you in. How are you, buddy? You okay? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, excited to talk about the, um, the, the playoff scenario. Awesome, yeah. Now we're getting through to that uh, sort of sharp end of the season, aren't we? Um, and yeah, getting towards that sort of conversation. But before we dive into that, um, we're going to be sort of taking a step back from that and having a look at who's going to be playing in the Peach and the Fiesta Bowls. Uh, we're going to have a look at re- in the rearview mirror and we're going to have our full 10 review and have a look back on the weekend's action that's just gone. So yeah, first up, uh, let's rewind all the way back to Thursday night. And I want to mention Baylor, because uh, I think they overcame themselves, I think, in a pretty wild win over West Virginia in the Big 12. Uh, they fumbled, uh, they muffed a punt, they got held up on the one-yard line on the fourth down, uh, but they got through it, and you know, they escaped with a late, a late victory and a narrow win by blocking a field goal. Uh, after this, I put out a Twitter poll, actually, and as people are starting to believe you know, that Baylor could win the, the, the Big 12, uh, and a few weeks ago, I'd have got laughed out of the room if I'd have said that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you, you sort of pay attention to Baylor and the Big 12 quite a lot recently. How did you see this one? Well, I think uh, you framed it pretty well by saying that, you know, they, they nearly beat themselves because they did. You know, they are, uh, I, I love them as a team. I love what they're doing on defense in particular. Um, but, they, but they did just cause a bunch of mistakes. Mm. The only thing I can think is, you know, maybe that's the, maybe that's the kind of kick in the, uh, kick in the butt they needed to, mm-hmm. to kind of straighten things out because um, every week they do seem to be improved in every area. Or in lots of different areas. So, when they played Texas Tech a couple of weeks ago, um, they had a pretty you know game that they would probably be really disappointed in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the you know they they got pushed really close and they gave up over 200 rushing yards. And then they came back this week. You know they only gave up 14 yards and 26 carries, and their front six were flying around. It was probably the most dominant defensive performance they've had all year. Mm, but then they nearly threw the game away. Still, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's quite odd, isn't it? It's quite odd how they mm. sort of fell out. But yeah, they got there, and I think you know we're going to touch on them a little bit later on. Uh, so we'll move on next up. Uh, let's take it back to the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, otherwise known as Georgia versus Florida. Uh, Max, what did you make of this one? Uh, I, I am a, I'm not a big Florida fan usually. Um, <laughs> and I think Florida get on my nerves a bit because I feel like they waste talent. But this was probably the best half of football I've seen from a Florida team in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we saw a dominant first half by Georgia. Defense yep. looked good. Offense looked solid. Fromm didn't really put a foot wrong in the first half. Sure. And then, and then, then the second half, we saw Trask come out, and those two really long drives for touchdowns, two eight-yard drives back to back at the end of the third quarter, and then start of the fourth quarter. And um, it was just great to see them have a bit of life. Great to see the receivers fighting for the ball and winning the ball uh, like that, and um, see Trask actually you know, execute an offense in a way that I probably didn't think he was capable of. And they did all of that and without a run game. They, mm. they you know, yeah, no, it didn't get going at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, they, 
they uh, they really had a poor day running the ball, mm. um, but they did do a good job of holding down DeAndre Swift, which was which was good to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? So I, I just got, I think you summed it up quite well. Generally, I just got in my notes here. The first thing I've got about this game is I think Jake Fromm did what Jake Fromm does, and mm. not really much. And I mean that in the best way. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. He kind of managed the game, and he found a way to win. And that's kind of what Jake Fromm does for me. Uh, yep. A lot of the time he found Lawrence Cager and he had a big breakout performance catching uh, quite a few passes for, I think, just over 100, 105 yards or something like that. Yep. Um, and I don't know, I kind of look at that and I think, why don't we use him more? Because that's kind of a big breakout game, the best one <laughs> since he's come over from Miami. And as they say, you know, he's got the ability and at 6'5", you can't teach height. So I don't know why they've not moved, used him a bit more, to be honest. But yeah, good win against the ranked opponent, obviously above them, uh, Florida above Georgia beforehand. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I agree. I think um, good performance by Georgia, certainly. Um, and like you said, from good to see him have a strong performance off the back of that Kentucky game where he threw for like 35 yards in the rain. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So nice to see him get back on track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then again, more, we're going to speak about Georgia a little bit again in a moment. So let's head out west uh, to Seattle. And this is a real cracker between Washington and Utah for me. Again, that had everything. Uh, Jacob Eason, I think we spoke about it on the, on the group chat making some tight window throws for the first time in uh, what seems forever. <laughs> oh, but also throwing a few interceptions, one into triple coverage. And I think we saw some great problems on each side. Um, before we go into those, how did you see this? I mean, triple coverage is right. He threw a couple of <laughs> awful picks. I mean, they were bad. Um, it, was, it, was, it was shocking to see. Like, is he mm. really going for this? But at the same time, like you said, the first game we've seen Eason try and push the ball through tight windows. Mm. And when he was throwing short and intermediate, he was doing it. Um, I think it was, it, was, it was fun to see um, Utah's defense come out like that. Yes, just definitely. have that kind of... They're, almost, they're such a violent team. Like they, <laughs> they, everything they do, they, they're aggressive. They're trying to take the ball away. Mm. Um, I like their philosophy on defense, and it was good to watch uh, what was, in some ways, one of the best Washington offensive performances, almost balanced, maybe I should say. Mm. Um, obviously, they had some mistakes, but... They did some good things as well. Sure. Um, but then, um, you know, a dominant defensive play on the back end, uh, which was good. And um, I know you were loving Zach Moss in this game. I was, yeah. No, I was loving quite a few of the Utah players. Zach Moss is the yeah, one I was definitely loving. Um, fast developing into one of my favourite running backs in college football, I would say. Mm. On course for his third 1,000-yard mm. season uh, in his career. And in recent weeks, he seemed to have added a bit of a receiving game, which hasn't been there before. Surprising, then, yeah. Yeah, and obviously it's something that you want to sort of, as he's getting towards being draft eligible, maybe thinking about the next step in his career, it's something that, that teams will want to see. Obviously, it's all about mm. receiving and being an all-round bat nowadays. Uh, so, yeah, no, loving Zach Moss. And then, obviously, on D for the Utes, Jalen Johnson with that pick six, which broke the game open. And then Justin Blackman, which is you know another player that picked off uh, Jacob Eason. And, yeah, I, no, I think it was really good on Utah's defence. Really good game for them. Yeah, I think we're going to be talking about Jalen Johnson come draft time because Absolutely. he is, you know, as much as maybe he's not as refined as some of the other guys, but he's a good athlete and he's got a nose for the football. Um, and that pick was lovely. And I think we've seen him do that a few times now. Yes. Um, but he just suits that defense so well. They, he's they super really aggressive, just, isn't he? Yeah. They just want the football. They're very aggressive. Mm. They, they're stingy in the run game. Um, good fun team to watch and a great Pac-12 matchup which um, you know on paper the way Washington played this year maybe we weren't expecting to see a, such a competitive mm. game but they uh, they did well 
yeah, no, definitely. Um, just want to shout out a couple more things on this game before we move on. Hunter Bryan, exceptional for Washington, uh, tight end. Mm, uh, moving right. towards the top of a uh, fairly underwhelming tight end class, I would say. He had a couple of receptions, uh, sorry, a couple of touchdowns, six receptions and 105 yards. So, yeah, no, uh, really good for that. And then last thing I want to mention, Washington uniforms. Oof, they were really <laughs> nice. I really like them. Big fan. Uh, yeah, yeah like it is say, lovely. <laughs> yeah, like you say, no, good, good matchup there. Uh, lastly, on our sort of review... I uh, just want to head over to Memphis. Obviously, we mentioned this one in your article, obviously, SMU, Memphis. Uh, what do you think of this one? Just let you take this away, because obviously you wrote about it. Yeah, so I wrote about the um, SMU offense, because they are um, they're one of the funniest offenses in college football right now. Um, and it just so happened this weekend, SMU were playing against uh, Memphis, who are also one of the funniest co- offenses in college football. This was an absolute... Um, you know, it was a fire. It was, you know, we're November fifth. It was a fireworks, uh, fireworks <laughs> game. Very nice. Memphis, Memphis came out, and um, you know, they're usually a very heavy run team. They do a lot of great things in the run game. Um, and and it was like both sides just, you know, they it was almost like they uh, they just weren't <laughs> they didn't want to throw that day. The Memphis came out through three fifty yards and three touchdowns and throwing the ball all over the place and. And uh, SMU with their superstar running back barely get barely ran the ball. Mm. They had about fifty pushing sixty uh, attempts. You know, it was two teams that really wanted to put points up on the board. Yes, <laughs> they knew the offense was a strength. And um, that American Conference has got some really good teams. Really has, players. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's, it's fun to watch. So if anyone wants to, you know, just go back and watch a game and have some fun with it, it was about as enjoyable a college football game as I've seen all year. Two incredibly, ta- um, you know. Uh, well-designed, talented offenses, um, and uh, yeah, you know, Memphis came out the winners. But on another day, it could have been the other way around, and both teams firmly deserve to be in the top twenty-five. Absolutely, yeah, no, definitely agree with that. Yeah, so obviously, if no one has, if you've not heard or seen that, we've sort of we released that article by Maxwell. Head over to fulltenyards.com, have a little peep at that one. Uh, it's a really good one. Um, and that was yeah on SMU and their offense. Um, it, it seemed to me on the game. It seemed to me one of those things back and forth. It was kind of like whoever has the ball last will kind of win this. Mm, it did feel a bit like that. Yeah, it was just, um, it was just you know, Memphis kind of got that lead and you kept thinking, uh, SMU are you going to be able to do it? And they ended up sealing it with the run game, which is mm. what they're, they're specialists at. So, um, yeah, great, uh, great game of football, over 100 points. Um, so, uh, well worth the watch. Definitely. Yeah, both those teams stand at eight and one now. Uh, the joint best record in the American Conference. Uh, however, it's actually Navy who are the top standings due to a better in-conference record, mm. and they're now in the top twenty-five as well. So, yeah, testament to them and their program and the conference as a whole. That, like you say, you've got all these great, great teams uh, in that conference. Probably the best conference outside of the Power Five, I would say. Don't know about you. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and actually, uh, Navy have got the Navy are an interesting one because they've still got to play Notre Dame this year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, be lovely to see them get a big win there and put another one up for the, this conference. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's good fun this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, elsewhere, just to round off, uh, nice wins for Wake Forest over NC State. Jamie Newman balling out in that one. Oregon handed USC an absolute beating. Um, I think that was by twenty odd points. Auburn oh, yeah. recorded a nice SEC win over Ole Miss as well. But uh, final word of the weekend got to be reserved for Notre Dame, who you've just mentioned. They squeak past Virginia by a point. They were an upset alert for me for quite a while, uh, scrambling to the end zone by Ian Book, who had a bit of a rough day. So, yes, yeah, enough to steal a 21 to what 20 victory as well. Uh, anything else yeah, to start for you this weekend? 
No, just that Notre Dame one was. Um, I think. I think when this season's uh, all said and done, Virginia Tech are going to be a team that people look back and say actually they had a pretty good year. Mm. Um, I know they have lost a lot of games, like, but considering what people thought they would be and the lack of talent in some ways, they they've got some. Um, they've done a really good job coaching over there, uh, mm-hmm. and they've been pushing everyone. So um, yeah, they didn't beat. Uh, no, Dame, but um, it was a great performance from them. Yeah, no, maybe on to watch for next season if they can bring a few players back mm. and, uh, and sort of kick on. So, yeah, there we have it. Uh, caught up, sort of caught up on the uh, weekend's action. Uh, so, let's move on to our next segment of the show where we're going to look at playoff pretenders and contenders. <laughs> yes, so let's get to it. Uh, so, with just four regular season games to play for everyone, uh, sadden, isn't it? It's, been, it's flown by, by the way, hasn't it? I don't know about you, I just feel like the season has just gone back in a blink of an eye almost yeah I agree it's like I can't believe you're already halfway through the year some teams mm. have played nine games already it's like wow you know I feel like especially Clemson and 9-0 and they haven't played mm. a soul which is uh, you know <laughs> one of these that's, that's kind of where we are right now we're mm. in a position where it feels like the big games haven't happened yet yeah definitely um, yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, so yeah, we're going to look at teams who are top, at the top of the top 25 and just see who's going to make the playoffs and who's going to be settling for bowl game, really. Let's start at the top. Let's start with number one ranked LSU. They've got somewhat of a big game on Saturday. They've got the trip to Tuscaloosa <laughs> to play the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide, the Nick Saban revenge game. But before we get into that, just want to go through the rest of Ole Miss's, uh, sorry, not Ole Miss's schedule, LSU's schedule, who start off with Ole Miss after the yeah. Alabama game on the road. Arkansas at home and then finish off at Texas A&M at home in Death Valley. For me, all those should be wins. I don't know about you, especially you know finishing strong at home before heading into the playoffs. Spoiler alert, I think LSU will make the Final Four. Uh, so yeah, three wins after this one, after this weekend for you? 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that was it. <laughs> That's all we need to know. Get on, let's get on to the big <laughs> one then. Um, what are you looking for? What are you looking for on Saturday? What are you looking out for? And most importantly, who do you think is going to win? Um, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I think that, you know, we've obviously got two incredibly talented teams here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that last year we went into the game thinking LSU could put up a good performance here and they kind of disappointed. I, even though they haven't had a big, you know, performance yet, I think Alabama are going to sneak it um, in what will be a close game. Um, and the only reason I'm going to say that is one, it's in Alabama, mm-hmm. it's in Tuscaloosa, which is um, obviously a big, uh, big bonus for any team. Yeah. Um, two, I think that if there was one area of weakness for LSU, it's probably that kind of inside run game. And I think that if, because they haven't imposed that, and I think Alabama are going to lean on Najee Harris there. Um, if they do run the ball, which I think they will, LSU will be on the back foot and that will make them harder because even though their DB core is really talented um, and I think they could still, you know, I don't, I don't think they're out of the hunt for the, for the national championship. Mm-hmm. But I just no, think this week in Tuscaloosa, considering they've had some tough games and they're a little bit more beaten up than Alabama, I think, the, um, um, I think they're probably not going to win this game. Having said that, this is the best wide receiver core I've I've seen in a long time out of uh, out of LSU mm-hmm, you know, since in terms of college players you know even the Odell Beckham Jarvis Landry wide receiver attack wasn't as dominant as this wide receiver no, attack. No sure. 
um, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, Marshall. You know, they, they've got some guys there who are electric with amazing hands, and um, I'm really excited to see them try and throw the ball around on this um, on this Alabama DB, DB core. Yeah, definitely, because it's not sort of the way that we're kind of programmed to sort of view LSU, is it? They're usually a defensive dominant team and kind of do enough, usually have a good run game uh, with the backs they've had coming out. And kind of it's flipped on its head, kind of, because we've got Joe Burrow playing out of his mind. You've got, like you say, the dominant wide receivers. And the defence is kind of, I mean, it's still good. It's not, it's not like as dominant as we maybe expect from LSU. Like I say, they've got some holes. One thing I'll ask you, does Tua's injury kind of give you any doubts? Well, I mean, the recent reports are that he's going to play. Yeah. If he's if he's not playing, obviously, you know, that's that's a very different story. Sure. Um, I think I'm not sure. I would say that I would be expecting him to win if he's if he's not playing. Um, and obviously, the it's almost like a you know, is a, a strange injury in some ways. It mm. kind of came off you know out of nothing. It wasn't like a um, something that we'd seen or been built up to. Obviously, when he had that injury last time. Um, prior to the, the national championship game, he had kind of a, a shaky game. So, um, you know, hopefully we don't see that from him again. We want to see the best out of these two sides. Mm, um, if he isn't playing, I think LSU obviously have got a much better chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think the, the real matchup is actually not the Alabama offense versus defense. I think it's really the LSU offense versus the Alabama defense, which is going to decide the game. Interesting. So, we'll agree, obviously, LSU are going to make the playoffs. Would you say that the loser of this is becomes the number three seed and the winner becomes the number one seed? Is it as simple as that? Oh, it's a, it's a big question. I think uh, Penn State will tell you no. Um, <laughs> but um, it's hard to see either of these sides fall out of the top four if it's sure. a close game. Mm-hmm. The, the worst thing that can happen to either one of them is that they lose... Um, Handedly, you know, if they lose, like get beat by two scores, three scores, yeah, then I think we're talking about a very Danger different zone. scenario. Yeah, sure. Mm. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be quite high scoring because, like you say, both the offenses are kind of the better units of each side. I would say. I think LSU will sneak it though, and I think they're going to be the number one seed. I think they'll go and beat them. Let's move on to Alabama then. Um, obviously, I think they're going to lose to LSU. You think maybe they're not going to? Then they've got Mississippi State on the road, Western Carolina at home. Obviously, that's a bit of cupcake. And then Auburn to finish yeah. off on the road. Um, what do we think of these three games? Uh, you know, Auburn are a good side and they're sure. looking yeah. be- better and better every week. Um, Auburn's inside run game, in fact, was probably the best I've seen it all year long um, against Ole Miss this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, don't get me wrong, that's still going to be a tough game. Um, but especially if they lose to LSU, they will be doing everything they can to, be, to win the Iron Bowl. Um, so I can't see them losing any of the others, um, even though Auburn are, you know, a decent side. Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty pressurised game, isn't it? Especially, if, let's let's just say for a second that they, they do lose to LSU on Saturday. That's a hugely yep. pressurised game to go into the last game of the season. You know, because the two oh, losses Alabama doesn't make it, and it's a big dent in their stock for you know the big players like Tua and people like that, isn't it? Totally, yeah, and Tua in particular, because if he plays, loses two games, well, I, he's definitely not going to be the number one overall pick for me then. Mm. Um, no, especially yeah. if you, yeah, I, I can't see that happening. Especially if John um, Burrow's then gone unbeaten and goes on well, to you know, yeah. do something in the playoffs and things like that. Of course, and with the end of the season that Herbert's having as well. So, 
Um, so yeah, I think um, uh, I think that's a big big knock on Tua in particular, and um, also obviously Alabama as a as a as a team. Um, we'll see. I, I am quite excited to see um, to see that. Uh, I've got uh, if I had a, one prediction on that is that I think we're going to see Trayvon Diggs have his worst game as a uh, Alabama player this weekend on Saturday. Yeah, I think okay. so. I think, but I still think they'll win. I just think that he's not as good as those talented LSU receiving core. Yeah, you were you were saying, if I remember right, you were saying that Trevon Diggs needs to come up against some NFL talent, let's say, and, and sort of prove himself. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see it though because he's an yeah, NFL definitely. athlete, clearly. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'd like, I'd like to see him against some good opposition. Definitely, definitely. So, were you saying that Alabama will win out the rest of the season? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay, just to get that on record. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's leave the SEC for a moment and let's head over to Ohio State. So eight and zero, barely broken a sweat. Chase Young's looking like the best defensive player in college football. Perhaps an outside chance of breaking Terrell Suggs' college stat record at twenty four. Young's on thirteen and a half. On offense, Justin Fields is taking to this offense like a duck to water. And now. Ohio State has Maryland at home, Rutgers away. So, again, they're not breaking any sweat. No, <laughs> I guess we're in agreement there. <laughs> then 100%. We'll, we'll move on to the, the, the bigger test of their season. Penn State at home, penultimate game of the season. Uh, I believe it's in Ohio State uh, in the horseshoe. Um, what do you think there? You know, uh, Penn State have got a huge game versus Minnesota this week. Absolutely. And <clears throat> that will take a lot out of them no matter what. But um, either way, I think that... Um, just because they're a relatively young side, just because that yes. again, um, you know they 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 do kind of rely on their run stopping being you know really helping them their front six stopping the run. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run versus Ohio State. So as soon as Ohio State take away one of the biggest strengths of that Penn State side, I think Ohio State are going to win. Like I can't see any other way around it. Um, and like you said, Fields is just executing this offense as well as any of these quarterbacks we've seen come out of this program. Mm. Oh, absolutely! No, I completely agree with that. You could make a, you could make a case for Ohio State actually being the number two, what should be in the number two seed spot now. I think they will beat agree, Penn State, yeah. and I think they'll win the rest of the games this season because obviously they've got Michigan. And sorry, Michigan fans, you know, surely you even know now that Ohio State will beat you in the last game of the season. Uh, Michigan are the funny one, though, because well, only because they've got a real point to prove. And if 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 there's one thing I know about Don Brown, it's it's you know he is um, no matter as much as he's had some problems, and I don't think he's the best coordinator I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's got a point to prove. He gave up sixty points versus this Ohio State team last year. And, um, you know, that's been playing on his mind for a year now. <laughs> so there is no way he's going to come out with the exact same cover one rat, um, <laughs> you know, scheme that he did last year. He'll be bringing something fresh. He'll be bringing something new. And Minnesota will want to make that very competitive. Sorry. Mich- Michigan. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah no, I think it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's the rivalry, after all. You know, that always makes it a slight level. But this Ohio State team has just steamrolled everyone. I don't see that. I don't see that changing, to be honest with you. I think Michigan have been pretty overrated to begin the season, and they've shown <laughs> to be not as, not as good as everyone thinks. I think I think they get a bit of a uh, big name bonus. I would say in the rankings, I don't think they're as they're as good as everyone sort of rating them for the AP. I usually like yeah, I usually agree, but uh, that the dominant defensive line performance versus Notre Dame was was way better than I expected. Okay, um, that gives you some kind of yeah optimism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, so what do, what do you think for Ohio State for the rest of the season? Do you think they'll go unbeaten or? Yeah, I still think they'll win out. Yeah, I think yeah, they'll I win do. out as well. Yeah, I think they'll win out. I think they'll go number two seed. Let's move on. Number four, Clemson. Obviously, the Tigers really stretched themselves this weekend by playing Wofford um, <laughs> in the latest, latest edition of what's felt like a really, really soft schedule. But that might be because the ACC yeah. has not been very good. Uh, apart from their UNC scare, I, I felt like a bit of a walk in the park, I would say. Um, they it's, don't. Yeah. I might be wrong, but I don't feel like they've played anyone ranked. I think there was only the Texas A&M game early on in the season, and they didn't turn up. I mean, that Texas A&M team has proven to be not very good this year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yes, they were ranked at the time. Um, but, you know, we're not talking about a, a very good side there. In fact, if we could just bring up the – we got a little stat together, didn't we, earlier we did, today? Yes, yes. And, and Clemson's um, record, opponent's record is 33-37. and 37. You know, they're playing losing <laughs> teams, essentially. If Alabama's isn't much better, theirs is 36-41. and 41. Um, whereas the Ohio State's and LSU are, are, are massively winning records yeah. of the opponents they're facing. Um, Even Penn State so, and know, Georgia have got a positive record in that sense. Yeah, exactly. Both of them do. Um, so it's a, it's a funny one because in the coaches poll this week, I don't know whether you saw, but they actually put Clemson above Ohio State. And I couldn't believe it. No, I, I can't like, believe well, that. <laughs> it's madness to me because they really have played an incredibly weak schedule. They nearly lost one of those games, as you mm-hmm. said. Um, and Lawrence has taken a bit of a beating. And I think some ways that's fair, some ways it's not. Is he playing worse than last year? Yes. I still think he's playing good enough to beat anyone. Um but um, for me, it's all about that run game. Etienne and mm-hmm. the run game. If um, Wake Forest certainly won't be able to stop it, but can anyone in the playoffs stop that run game? So you, you don't think Wake Forest has got a chance to do anything against Clemson in a couple of weeks' time? I think they will score some points. I don't think this Clemson defense is as good as last year. But unfortunately, there's no way they're going to be able to stop Travis Etienne in the run game. They're mm. just not a good enough defense. Sure. So it needs to be a shootout mm. for them to have any chance. Do you know what though? I I, I really want them to kind of put some pressure on Clemson because I feel like Clemson <laughs> have kind of got it. Got it. I feel like they've had like an easy year so far, and kind of, you know, they were ranked really high the whole time. And they obviously they have been winning. They've won nine games, which is obviously fantastic. But I just feel like I want to see them under a bit of pressure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think everyone would love to see them have a real game and show something, uh, show something more than what we've seen so far. Mm, yeah. So after, so aside from Wake Forest, which we mentioned, they've got the bye this week. They've got NC State, then Wake, then South Carolina, who are going to be no pushovers since they obviously beat Georgia a few weeks ago. How do you see the rest of that program going? I, I think they will comfortably beat NC State and South Carolina. I think Wake Forest will give up points, but I can also see them scoring, you know, scoring kind of of 40 well. plus. Yeah. So it could be a high scoring game, um, which should be fun to see. Mm. Um, but you know, also they do have a couple of NFL players in that defense, um, of course, yeah. Isaiah Simmons and AJ Terrell and people like that. So um, let's. Uh, I can't see them losing. <laughs> no. no. So no. I, yeah, I, another I, unbeaten side for me. Yeah. No, I, I think the same, uh, and they'll be ranked third or fourth. Let me ask you that on this. Um, how do you see it falling if Clemson are unbeaten and LSU and Alabama have one loss? Do they kind of become the the one loss automatically become the fourth team or? Do Clemson still stay at number four because obviously they have had this easy schedule? Um, if they get pushed close by Wake Forest, um, and then the again, in a weird, weird way, 
we need the well not we but the loser of <laughs> alabama lsu needs to have a good game whoever is the loser sure. if they yeah. have a good game they could quite comfortably be the number three seed and i think fairly i think fairly yeah you know um yeah no i think the same Clem- yeah if clemson if clemson have a have a close one versus wake forest then um, and and Alabama LSU have a one point game. Well, no reason to put them above um, either mm. either of those sides. Um, so uh, so yeah, I could quite definitely see Clemson being the fourth side there, even if they win out. Yeah, no, I, I think so as well. And obviously the other aspect of it is just they don't play in crimson. You know, if Alabama lose, which I kind of think they might, you know, they've got that SEC bias, they've got that Alabama name, and yeah, you know, I think that might push them up there as well. Yeah, yeah it's a fair point. Let's move on. Let's see if we can find uh, a gate crusher amongst those currently looking from the outside. Uh, Penn State, who you mentioned earlier on, obviously they've got a really, really tough schedule to finish out the year. Oof, horrible, yeah. Yeah, they've got Minnesota this weekend, as we mentioned. Which, by the way, I just want to make a point. I actually apologise to everyone who listens to this podcast. I was saying that was last weekend, and it's not. I got the weeks wrong, so sorry about that. If you tune in at five o'clock on my recommendation, waiting to watch the... Penn State Minnesota game, <laughs> which didn't happen. It's this weekend, uh, but yeah, they've got Minnesota this weekend. Clash of an eight and eight, cl- sorry, clash of eight and O teams. Then they've got a decent Indiana team who are seven and two, and then Ohio State, and then they round things out by beating Rutgers. So you know, three fairly tough games for Penn State. They they really are. Yeah, like you said, Indiana. Um, I don't like. I think Indiana have kind of been the beneficiary a little bit of uh, of, of some poor teams. Um, but at the same time, they're not going to be a pushover um, mm. at all. Um, I think we'll we'll see them put up points in that game. Um, but but uh, but but yeah. So Indiana aren't easy, and that and then they got Minnesota and Ohio State. I can't see how they're going to beat the Ohio State team, but sure. um, they will be favor. Well, in my opinion, they'll be favorites going into that Minnesota game. And um, I think um, really. Um, as much as I do think they're favourites, I don't think that Minnesota is bigger numbered as some people are pointing out. Mm. Um, so, so we'll we'll see. But um, that Minnesota side has got some really good players, Absolutely. and I think the the winner of this game um, will, will you know can certainly class themselves having an amazing year and um, doing some great stuff. Even though I can't see them being a higher state. No. So. Best, absolute best case scenario for Penn State is unbeaten Big Ten Championship rematch against Minnesota, ranked third or fourth. Worst case yes. scenario is lose a couple, maybe even three, if the Indiana push them, you know, if they're really wobbling and finishes the season as ranked in the low teens, I guess. Pretty so much, it's really yeah. like a big swing, you know, if, if if it goes one way or the other. I think it'll probably be somewhere yeah. in between, like you say, I think they'll I think they'll probably beat Minnesota, lose to Ohio State, beat Indiana, beat Rutgers. You know, and just have that one moth on their record, and, and just be kind of just missing out, and look forward to a nice juicy ball game, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, they could get some a good team up there. That could be a really fun ball game if mm. they get someone like. Um, well, they could get a, a Georgia or could a be a Georgia or Florida. Like yeah. Mm, yeah. So let's move on. Let's move on to Georgia, which is the next ranked team that we've got. Pretty tough schedule to finish off their season as well. Uh, and you've got to remember, obviously, they've just beat a ranked Florida team. And you know, in the past, they've beaten a ranked Notre Dame team. They have Mizzou, Auburn, Texas and then George Tech to play. Obviously, we've spoken about on the podcast before that Mizzou quite good. Auburn, we mentioned, is a, a, a tough opponent. Uh, how do you see it going for Georgia? Good question. Uh, I think they'll beat A&M and Georgia Tech. Pretty sure about that. Mm. I think they'll beat Missouri, although Missouri's front six is 
very good. Um, and as we've seen previously, when teams hold that run game down, um, they can struggle to score points. So I don't think they're going to put up a lot of points this weekend. Um, uh, this weekend against uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the big one is that Auburn game. because Yes, definitely. You know, of the two quarterbacks, I obviously undoubtedly trust from a lot more than I do. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Nick, yeah, exactly. Bo mm-hmm. Nix, who young and you know, he's very limited in terms of the passing game. Yes. Um, I think that they could definitely give Auburn, sorry, I think Auburn could give Georgia a scare, um, 100%. But the way they've been playing in recent weeks, the way the defense is playing now, um, as long as they get out to a lead, I can see Georgia being pretty dominant in that Auburn game. So um, for me, I think we're we are looking at just a one, uh, a one last season for them again. Yeah, I think so. I think they're the one to miss out because I think if it goes how we just said with Penn State only having one loss, Georgia only having one loss, I think they'd be the one to just kind of just be missing out because I think they've had a tougher year, tougher schedule. Uh, even though their Penn State's loss would be to number two, but it's, I think it's a bit flip of the coin. But I think Georgia would be just the one to miss out for me. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, they will be ruining that uh, South Carolina game because Absolutely. they made so many mistakes that day. Um, second, It was a second overtime win for South Carolina. They um, And I, up to that point, they were looking pretty flawless on the year. So um, we might see a Georgia team here looking back and, and really feeling like they let one slip. Yeah, they did. Because obviously, if we're looking at Alabama and LSU, um, this weekend, obviously, one one of them's got to lose, and then if Georgia finished that season unbeaten as well, they're making mm. the playoffs. You know, hundred percent. Let's talk about other teams that have kind of let one slip as well. Uh, let's move into the Pac-12 and talk about a couple of those teams. Uh, obviously, Oregon ranks seven at the moment. Only losses to Auburn in week one. Tough loss on a neutral yeah. field in Dallas. Super costly uh, loss, right? It really was, and you know the thing that is hurting Oregon is is the fact that Auburn have kind of tailed off a little bit as well. You know, we could be looking at a four-loss Auburn team if they lose to Georgia and Alabama, Mm. um, which then immediately looks poor on Oregon's schedule. But other than that game, you know, they've looked so good. The Washington game was close, as we know. The Washington State game was close. But in both of them... That's the Pac-12, right? It is the Pac-12. But they look so strong in them. They look so... I was so confident watching Herbert at the end of those games. Like... He's just, he's just re, that offense is so well designed. And, and, um, and I, I think even though Georgia are probably going to end up with one loss um, and one of the LSU Alabama, in a way, they're the most strongest one loss team for me because um, they've beaten good teams as much as, you know, um, these Pac 12 sides are losing games. Mm. They've won these games, they've looked dominant, the defense has even stepped up. So if they don't make it to the um, playoffs, um, which I don't think they will. I do think that they could shock a shock a big team in a bowl game. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Because I think, you know, if they'd have won that Auburn game and been sat here unbeaten, they've got Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon State. They're all wins for this Oregon team. 100%. You know, and if they're, yeah. if they're finishing the season unbeaten, I'm making excuses for them being the fourth seed. Yeah, Maybe totally over another unbeaten team, you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, super costly uh, loss. And Utah, the next team that we're going to mention again, super costly loss to USC who Oregon hammered this weekend, obviously. That makes them look even worse. Um, yeah, they'll does. look back on this season and go, and you know, they've not had to play Oregon. And they'll look back on the season again, like Oregon, and thinking, God, if we just won that USC game, we could have been the fourth seed. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Utah, um, you know, yes, they really let that one slip. 
Um, but they actually had uh, an amazing, like in some ways, they had an amazing day that day. They held USC to 13 yards rushing, and they rushed for like 250 yards. Um, but but you know things just kept happening in that game, which they they kept letting slip. They had a big Pittman scored like an 80-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just like they had this like kind of big play ability on the day. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown had a big catch, I think, in that one. And and um, unfortunately, they really did throw that one away because they were the better team on the day. They looked dominant. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I kept, I kept watching it thinking, oh, well, they're going to pull away at some point. They're going to pull away at some point. Um, but they got themselves in a 14-point hole right at the beginning of the game. They just couldn't turn it around. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I think we'll be looking. I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? But we're going to be looking at an Oregon versus Utah Pac-12 championship game, which should be a real, real cracker again. So I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that one. I don't think, like I say, I don't think either of these teams can make the playoffs now. But that should be a great game. Yeah, I think it'd be difficult. I think you know, if Auburn were to beat Georgia, um, and then something like um, Auburn losing, sorry, Alabama losing two or Ohio State losing the Michigan game, something mm. like that. It would it would take quite a few different things to fall into place for Oregon to fall into the top four. But, yes. um, but, but yeah, that's, that's, um, that's the nature of it. And that's it, isn't unfortunately it? you get these Clemson sides who are playing absolutely no one <laughs> and they're getting, they're getting the benefits of that. Mm. Whereas teams like Auburn always schedule a really hard early season game. Yes. Um, and um, unfortunately that they, sometimes it benefits them, but sometimes they, they lose out. I think they had Washington last year and they faced some other good teams day, day one and uh, the season as well. So, um, Oh well, maybe they'll uh, maybe things will change when we have an eighteen playoff one. I was just about to say that's what it, that's what it's going to take, isn't it? I think to to sort of make it a little bit more fair. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like what I was saying last week. I think wasn't that when I was saying I want to see some different faces in the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean, so let's say we went into the playoffs now, you'd have um, Alabama Oregon. Mm. Alabama Oregon would be your your quarterfinal matchup. Which would yeah. be amazing. I would love to see that. You know, Alabama, Oregon, LSU, Utah. These are the games that college football fans are dying to see. And Absolutely. you get to see them in the bowl games, but imagine seeing them in a playoff quarter final. Yeah, um, there's more on the line. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's where and also I think the the NFL would love it as well, because you know, imagine getting to see some of these um, some of these players who are, you know, playing and dominating at a certain level, but against other NFL talent. Um, you know, it's one of them we can we can wish. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Because obviously, you're not going to get. Let's use that game for example. What you've just said Oregon versus Alabama. That's not going to be scheduled in the regular season. No, and you know, it's going to take a lot for, for Oregon to make the you know the college football playoff and play Alabama. So yeah, no, it'd be good. And I'm sure the NFL coaches and Scouts would love to see that, like you say, the NFL talent going up against each other earlier on. Yeah, that would be brilliant. So, well, lastly, <laughs> yeah, that, that is kind of the, the thing, isn't it? It's too small and you know, until they expand it, that's the kind of what you've got to say. Let's just round it out then. A couple of teams at the top of the Big 12, Maxwell. Um, Oklahoma and Baylor. What do you feel like with these two? Because they've got to play each other as well. Yeah, so they're playing each other uh, 17th, so not this weekend, next weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, unfortunately for Baylor, the, the str- their strong point this year has been their aggressiveness in the kind of run game and what they've been able to do in terms of, um, uh, you know, disrupting um, offences run. Um, Oklahoma are, all, are just such a bad matchup for them. 
Um, I, I genuinely believe the reason that they've changed their scheme this year to a three-three-five is because of the Oklahoma game last year. Okay. They had four down linemen, and the way that they run that kind of counterplay, it's all gap scheme, it's all angles. Yeah. They were just washing, it was just perfect for a four down line, and they were just washing them out comfortably, and they did whatever they wanted with Baylor. Um, so I think that genuinely the reason they changed their entire defensive scheme was because of Oklahoma, and I think that they will do better because of it. Um, but realistically, as much as he had a, a loss, Jalen Hurts. Um, as a run threat even, is so dominant. Absolutely. And um, it's crazy to think that we're not talking about Oklahoma in the, sure. in the top four discussion at this point, um, which is such a shame in a way, uh, because I think they could beat anyone on their day. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah. But they, you know, we saw that they've got a big weakness in the middle of that defense. So um, maybe it was for the best because I can't really see how Alabama wouldn't do the exact same thing to them that mm-hmm. Kansas State did. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, maybe. So Baylor, aside from the game that they've got against each other in a couple of weeks, Baylor have got TCU, uh, Texas, who have been a bit underwhelming, obviously, as we know, and then finish off the season at Kansas. Oklahoma have got Iowa State, Baylor, obviously, TCU, and then Oklahoma State. Are we thinking that that's a bunch of wins, and then they just kind of face off against each other for the for the championship? Not, not really, because... The one problem we've got here is is Texas because as much as people are saying you know Texas are underwhelming, and obviously they have been underwhelming, they're still an incredibly talented side. Two weeks ago they were ranked 15th, and although they had two losses, they only just lost to Oklahoma and LSU. So I actually think Texas might be the favourites going into that game with Baylor okay. um, because because they are still such a good side. Um, um, or, or maybe Baylor will be favourites, but in my opinion, I think that's a silly, silly move because um, Baylor's offense is so limited in a lot of ways. Um, so we'll see. I think Baylor will have a tough job there. But if Baylor finishes the season with one loss, mm-hmm. that will be an amazing absolutely, year for them. definitely. Because um, I, I thought oh, they would be hovering around five hundred, uh, maybe even a bit lower than that. I really didn't think I thought Baylor yeah. an afterthought to be honest, and yeah, they've really shocked me to be honest with you. The only sad thing is they might lose that coaching staff to the NFL next year. Probably. Matt Rule will be on the top of a lot of people's lists, I would say. And, it looks uh, like it. Yeah, I think that'll be a good hire, to be honest with you. Uh, obviously, I'm a Chargers fan. Not having the greatest of seasons, it's someone I'm kind of keeping half an eye on uh, hmm. to come over to LA, I would say. But we'll see. That's another like wait-and-see moment, I would say. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him in the NFL. He's a very good coach. Hmm. Let me pose a question to you. I know we just said mm-hmm. that Texas, you know, you think Texas might win against Baylor, but if Baylor pull off what is seemingly the impossible, beat Oklahoma and beat Texas, how high does an unbeaten Baylor team get ranked? Oh, that's such a good question. That's a million dollar because, question, right? Because I was thinking about this yeah. earlier on when I was doing my research, because obviously they would then be unbeaten, and we've just talked about a heck of a lot of one loss teams. Oh, yeah. Would they be just about looking outside, or they surely don't go above a one loss LSU or Alabama? But the, for me, I think they would do. Because, because the truth is, Texas are a very good side. And mm. Oklahoma are an amazing side. Yes, no, yes they lost the game. But like we said, you know, they were, Oklahoma were a couple of, um, you know, one bad drive away, two bad drives away from being a top 14. Yes. That's how close we're talking about here. Yeah. You know, Baylor are, Baylor are 
yeah. they're not going to like the world. I can't see them doing this necessarily. No. But realistically, if we're just talking about what is right and what is deserved, if they are unbeaten, they should be a top four side as long as, um, well, it depends on, you know, we're going to get one it, loss. Zip come back, zip come back to how but, close we are again in this game on Saturday. Yeah, that's really insane. I suppose so. I think it kind of has to come down to that. But, but realistically, are they a Clemson better than them? If they, if they beat Oklahoma and Texas? Well, I don't think so. I think Baylor would have had a better season. But Yeah, oh yeah, um, I'd agree. But we'll see. I think uh, Alex Grinch has got something to prove after that Kansas State game. So mm. um, we will, we'll, we'll see a, a better, um, more charged up um, Oklahoma defense for Baylor. And that won't bode well, unfortunately, I don't think. <laughs> um, but, but if they do win out and they do the miracle, then I really do feel like they deserve a playoff spot. Yeah, because like you say, it's, it's such an unexpected thing. It's such a great season you know, to come through Texas, Oklahoma, all the rest of the Big 12. Yeah, no, it's definitely food for thought, I would say, at least, mm. at least. Um, so, is anyone else that you want to kind of mention before we round up this segment? Or would you um, kind of covered everyone? I mean, I know we've missed out a couple of teams, like Florida and things like that, but do you think they deserve a mention at all, no? No, I mean, I've already, yeah, I gave uh, I gave Florida their yeah. praise for the week at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they get. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair enough. I, I don't think we, I mean, we went quite far mentioning Oklahoma and Baylor, I think. But just, I just kind of wanted to pose that question to you because I know obviously it's still possible that Baylor can go unbeaten, mm. as unlikely as it mm. is. So yeah, no, awesome. That was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good little tidbits for everyone there. Uh, we'll have to check our answers in a few weeks when all the results are in. And yeah, we'll let everyone know who the contenders are and the pretenders were all along, I guess. Uh, but yeah, just before we move on to the next segment, I just want to you know, give everyone their sort of weekly reminder to uh, smash the uh, subscribe button, give us both a follow, follow the FMY College Football Twitter account, give us a rating, give us a review, keep those eyes peeled for any great written content. And uh, yeah, retweet and share all of those articles. And I just want to say, obviously, thank you for everyone's support. Thank you for giving us a listen. Obviously, if you're enjoying it, tell your friends. Uh, just before we move on, just while doing this housekeeping, Max, do you want to give out your Twitter handle just for everyone because I mess it up every week? <laughs> <laughs> it's at a winning smile with underscores in between. That's it. That's a better way to explain it than I ever would. <laughs> uh, mine is at Wakefield90. And obviously, if you want to give us a follow, uh, at full Yard CFB for the main account. Great. So with all that, uh, yeah, final little bit of housekeeping done, we'll move on to the final segment of the show. And that's going to be our game of the week. So let's round this one off in style, Maxwell. Um, we've spoken about a few big games this week. Um, what's your what's your game of the week? What's coming up on the horizon that you really sort of advise everyone to not miss? Okay, so um, you know we've talked a lot about Penn State Minnesota game, so I'm not going to jump into that too much now. Although it will be a fantastic one. Mm. Um, um, I was going to talk about two teams that I really love their defenses, which is Wyoming and Boise, mm-hmm. um, really really fun sides. Um, but I think I'm going to go old school. I think I'm going to go to the Big Ten. I think I'm going to go to what is every single year one of my favorite games of the year. And it's Iowa-Wisconsin. You know, they've both had a bit of a funny year. They're both 6-2 and two right now. Um, they've had players on both sides who have been, uh, you know, a massive breakthrough, um, such as you know, Jonathan Taylor's and... Yeah. Um, and uh, Smith Marset, the receiver out of Iowa, has had a great year. And then you've had some people that have been a bit disappointing. And, you know, we've talked about some of those um, on this podcast before. But mm-hmm. um, Iowa-Wisconsin is always an amazing game. It's always 12-10. No matter, you know, the score is somewhere in the region of <laughs> 9-10 points to 12-13 points every single year. 
Um, and it's probably going to be the exact same again. It's predicted to be two degrees Celsius. And, <laughs> and uh, Camp Randall's going to be bouncing up and down to uh, jump around. And um, yes, uh, Wisconsin are probably going to come out of this game as the winner in my prediction. Um, I think they'll get that running game back on track. Um, uh, but I think they're going to face a very up for it, a very game Iowa team. And um, I'm, uh, it's just one of those games in college football where if you watch it, you'll always, you'll always see a, a good game. You'll always see a good game. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's, it's a real college football game, isn't it? It's a real oh, yeah. blood and thunder. Probably going to be a lot of running involved uh, college football game between two good teams. Exactly. I, I'm going to sort of move away from that, obviously. I think in terms of the TV viewing for the week, I don't think we could ask for a better week. Um, obviously, you've got Penn State, Minnesota at 5 o'clock. You've got the big one, um, Alabama versus LSU. And then late on, obviously, you can uh, move towards either Mizzou, Georgia, or uh, Clemson versus NC State. Uh, maybe get a bit of a double box going on. And then, like you say, if, if you do want to watch Iowa versus uh, Wisconsin in uh, Madison, you obviously head over to that as well. But I think a lot of good games this week. Um, I just don't think you can get away from the, the big one because it's going to have so much ramifications in the, the NFL draft and the, obviously the college football playoffs as we've been talking about. I just don't think you can miss that one. And then like warming up with uh, two unbeaten teams in Penn State and Minnesota is, uh, is a great warm-up for it. So, you know, I think it's a great weekend of college football. Uh, so, yeah, don't uh, make any plans for Saturday, I would say. <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. I mean, um, LSU Alabama is going to be the big one. Everyone is going to be talking about it. Twitter will be a light, I'm sure. Yeah. And, um, and uh, you know, we, we, listen, all, I think all we can hope for is that we get a healthy-looking to a turner um, and we get a good performance from both sides because LSU kind of let themselves down a little bit in this this game last year um, but this year uh, quarterbacks flying that receiving core is as good as we've ever seen um, and Alabama have got something to prove you know mm. they haven't they haven't really uh, shown us much yet and although we know they're very very talented um, can they do it in a, in a big spot yeah absolutely I think if if Clemson had had like a slightly harder schedule we'd all be talking at Alabama and say well, they've not played it on either I would say apart from mm. their FCC sort of counterparts that they play each year. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it'd be a great game. I think it's going to be one, like I say, you can't miss. Uh, number one versus number two, which obviously you don't get every year as well until the until the final, obviously, sometimes. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, great pod. We'll round that one off. Another great one in the books. Um, but yes, like I say, don't miss college football this weekend. So yeah, we'll round this one out. Goodbye from Maxwell. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always, yeah. Um, and yeah, goodbye from me. So yeah, we'll see you on the side, people. Roll the outro music. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yards CFB. And remember, keep those eyes peeled.